For sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. I'm Jay. All right, and we're coming at you uh, shortly after the new year. You'll be hearing this episode on January 8th. And pretty recently, we had the Winter Classic. And so we're going to talk about the Winter Classic for as long as I watch the Winter Classic this year. Our second topic. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, 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 Peter. Although I I will be serious. I did not watch the Winter Classic. I did not care about the Winter Classic. Um, I'm not sure if that says more about me or the Winter Classic. I think I know what I'd pick. But um, Jay, all right. So 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 what are your thoughts about this? First of all, did you care? Um, And if so, why? (laughs) Well, um, I am burdened with glorious purpose of being um, um, a a entry level optimist when it comes to outdoor games, because I while I agree that they are really high in number and I think they are being executed um, in increasingly poorer ways, I still enjoy the idea of seeing these teams um, battle it outside in 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 the elements. it's a it's now I don't know this is a maybe a four year now long running debate about like how many do we have how many should we have I think now that it's been 10 years I think maybe every other year could give it some 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 fire back but um this year I watched it I woke up I mean you know I didn't catch the opening but you know I had I'd also heard that they were going to announce the 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 Olympic uh, rosters which you know we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Olympics a little later on in the episode, but um, for that aspect, I thought it was neat to maybe watch and tune in. Um, but I was I was watching it before, and uh, I was watching it before uh, I by before I mean like you know in terms of watching this game, like I, I've seen this before. What am I? What am I, what am, what else do I need? And from so they so it was the Rangers. And the uh, friggin' Buffalo Sabres. And um, this was really exciting for you because we actually talked about it in a couple episodes ago because they actually had probably some of the nicer unis that had been released for Winter Classic. So I think that had it going for it. But I still contend that baseball stadiums are not the venues to hold these things at. You got to have 360 to 360-degree view angle. You just, like, you just have to. It's, it's, it's too much. Um, and, and again, the prices are ridiculous and, and, you know, sometimes the, the weather isn't, isn't the greatest and whatnot. So I, I, I think as an entry level observer, ah, it was neat, but like the second you start to think about it more, you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. Let's, 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 let's talk about some things. So, um, I, I, I share your, your, uh, demonstrable, uh, Ignorance, not ignorance. Your your willful apathy. How about that? Sure, yeah. <laughs> you, you were you were totally Batman at the at the end of Batman Begins. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> so so that's that's I I share I share your viewpoint a little bit in that regard. So yeah, I mean I think it's I think a lot of it for me is like burnout. 
like the 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 outdoor game idea was was definitely really cool when when it first started um i remember you know you know if if you go back to the beginning i mean i would watch pretty much every outdoor game they were throwing at me and by doing that it was great because i got to really increase the number of the times that i got to see the chicago blackhawks play each year so that you know i had like a little side side bonus you know i i can i can you know update my my blackhawks references but i mean like to call this the winter classic it kind of reminds me of uh the mitch hedberg bit where he talks about how he was watching espn classic uh and it was like an old baseball game it's like and then the guy <laughs> fouled off the ball classic you know like I mean, it kind of like like, like, it, like yeah. it, it's 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 kind of lost the the appeal that it once had and i think part of it is most most of your fans unless their team is involved are not going to really care that much i think that's one of the biggest issues i think you have is you know, I know that if I don't really care about the teams playing at this point, I don't really care about watching. I used to. I used to watch it no matter who was playing. But now, like, I don't really I don't really care that much. Like when it was Detroit and Toronto, that was fun. I really I, I did enjoy that game. Uh, you know, that was a you know, that had a good, exciting ending. Um, it was it was definitely a good um, a good hockey game. I don't know. I think like I said, I think it's kind of lost its appeal. Um it's it's hard. I mean, it's it, it almost seems like it's 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 really cool for the the players, or at least some of them. It's really cool for the people that are there that can actually see. I guess so. That's you know a portion of the people that are there. But on television, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really look as good. Like I know um, I know this is this is a different thing. But the at the World Junior Championships, they had the U.S. and Canada played, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll watch it, and I had to turn it off because I could not. Like the the camera angle was so low that the ice looked tiny and I couldn't like you couldn't follow the puck, you know, because it was just it was just too hard to kind of see the action that was going on. So, like I said, I think for me, I think it's just oversaturation. I think, um, you know, uh, Gary Bettman uh, strapped on the wax wings of the outdoor game and I think he flew too close to the sun. And I think right now the NHL is uh, currently plumbing back to earth in terms of uh, interest for these games. That's that's kind of a kind of a low blow to uh, Icarus because at least Icarus had ambition <laughs> and and wants to shoot for the sun uh, and actually had the ingenuity to do it, whereas Batman uh, had to negotiate someone else to put on the wings. And then, oh, if they got close, he would have taken credit. But then they crashed. He's like, oh, that's totally their fault. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, if I wanted to pin one major factor on killing it, the stadium series. I think that was. I think that was just too too much, too fast. It was, hey kid, you know, welcome welcome to college. It's freshman year. Everything's exciting. You're gonna gain that 15 pounds. You're gonna figure out what you want to do with your life. And then they got into sophomore year. It's like. Choose your life now. Choose <laughs> it well. Choose or be perished, right? Like, I don't know. I again, I still think the venue kind of lent it a little bit more magic to it. Like Fenway Park and Wrigley Field, I think were like the only two baseball stadiums that kind of warranted the ability to have them played there because of their historical significance. But, like, when you're playing at, like, 
Coors Field or Nats Park. You know, like just these aren't storied buildings and they aren't pretty to look at. They're just cookie cutter stadiums. Like there's, yeah, they have their quirks that make them their own. And, you know, I get that. And, you know, hey, baseball fans, you can at me later. But I, I sincerely think that the NHL screwed up when they stopped coming up with creative like storylines for the classic itself. And I, I, you know, I think they were maybe relying on just like, it's an outdoor game. It doesn't matter what we do. They're going to love it. But now we're 10 years on and now it's time to put this thing under the microscope and be like, okay, what works? What doesn't? I think, I think one outdoor game a year would be great after we take a break. Mm. Like let's take a two year moratorium, you know, let's, let's find ourselves in the wilderness and then, and then come back fresh with some neat ideas. I would, you know, I, I, they, they already announced that what I think the 2019 one is going to be at Notre Dame stadium. Yes. Between the, between, between the Bruins and the Blackhawks. Um, that about time. storied, about time. that, that, that storied Hawks Bruins championship run, uh, uh, rivalry runs deep in the heart of, uh, Indiana, I guess. So I'm, I'm really good. That, I'm really glad that after all this time, uh, the, the seventh greatest captain, in NHL history, according to NHL Network, is going to, you know, finally get a chance, finally get a chance to lead his team out of the tunnel yeah. and down the the eighty five thousand foot runway to the to the rink. Good yeah, it it is really tough to try and see what, how do they maximize because like you want it to be an event, you want to maximize your revenue, but then you also have to have um, a, a location that is um, fantastic enough to like warrant interest, but you know, like look at the look at the Heritage Classic thing, the, the the Centennial Classic that happened up in Ottawa, right? Like they had to they built the rink and they built those makeshift stands. You know, obviously the NHL wants something like a upwards of thirty thousand type attendance event to 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 grab some kashish, which is fine. But you know, I think moving forward, you know, like let's like let's get creative with where we're playing these things. You know, I think there's. And, and this is, and then this happens to be where I think television crews need to step it up a little bit because if they are going to go in these storied places, that means they're not getting enough, not going to be able to get enough people, at least revenue-wise, to get there. And um, now you have to think about like, okay, so now we're going to have these awesome venues. How do we bring it to everyone who can't go? And I think that's, and I think that's still a problem, regardless. Right now, I think you know, not even for Winter Classic, I think. Across the board, I think maybe, and I hate to say this because I just hate the sport with a passion, but I think football is actually kind of maybe tapping into something by actually having the sky cam be the actual game cam view, like, you know, the way everybody plays Madden. You know, you're always doing from behind the QB. So, you know, I think there are innovations to be made. I think having some rail cams for the outdoor games, I think having, um, you know, like, don't like have the guys call the game from in the stands with players, right? Like, like if you're going to be at these um, baseball stadiums, you know, instead of having the guys in the press box, hey, uh, set up the space heaters, man. Call it from call it from within. You know, I, I realize that they're not like calling them from a bunker because it's cold, but you know, like be amongst the people, show the people there, show the fandom, do all that stuff. So, you know, Winter Classic, short of having a mechanized T Rex bite giant cars in half or you know i don't know maybe having wayne gretzky reenact his greatest moments you know like it's 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 time to it's time to maybe take a break let's let's ease off the gas um 
I mean, uh, believe me, I'd love for you to be every year still, if only the excuse to try and come up with different and cool jerseys because I'm a jersey fanatic. But, you know, I think think for the betterment of the sport and I think for the betterment of what you want that event to mean, it's it's time to time to hit pause. So. Yeah, so so speaking of uh, speaking of NHL institutions that could use a little bit of a rejuvenation, we have the All Star Game coming up at the end of the month, and <laughs> the uh, the NHL has announced uh, several things. First of all, they have announced the the captains of each team, and we have no idea um, how many votes each of these players received or how many votes other players in their division received. But we have to rely on the NHL. Um, to tell us that these are the four captains. And um, if you follow uh, Hockey Twitter, then you probably didn't even know that they had announced the captains because Hockey Twitter was ablaze for at least a full day about the other announcement, which was the jerseys. All right, so we're going to come back to those in just a second. But first, <laughs> first the captains. So your four captains, they're not really – I mean, there's no surprise in here. Um Certainly, there are other players who could have been chosen, but I don't think it's like looking at this list, you're like, oh, my God, how the heck did that person get chosen? So we have um, from the Atlantic, we have Steven Stamkos. From the Metro, we have Alex Ovechkin. From the Pacific, we have Connor McDavid. And then from the Central, we have P.K. Subban. And as of right now, we don't know who the other players are on the teams. So out of those four, like not that I'm saying that they, they don't deserve it, but do you think do you think anybody got snubbed in particular? Like, is there like one standout player that you're like, oh, that player should have been named over one of these four? Uh, yeah, and I think the universe is going to agree with me on this. When it comes to talent and bringing your team together, I think the snubbing of Luke Gritkowski is egregious <laughs> on purpose. And quite frankly, a shot over the bow that is the good ship Red Wing and the hockey community itself. So that was their first big mistake. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't just find another excuse to land Crosby in there. That's kind of nice. So maybe maybe that's kind of neat. I mean, I, you know, what is it in the I, I like when it's OK. Th- th- this is a problem I have with a lot of people because like they get upset when I say this, (laughs) which is a very funny way to put this. Um, If you're talking about Ovechkin versus a bunch of other people, or if you're talking about Crosby versus a bunch of other people, most of the time you'll be like, yeah, I'd probably take Crosby. Yeah. I'd probably take Ovechkin over that, but head to head Crosby versus Ovechkin. I pick Ovechkin every time just because I think his explosive skill is, is far more earned than, um, than, than Crosby's because he was just basically anointed this thing where it's like, yes, he has the skills and he followed up with it, but like he was just unilaterally chosen. Like you could have done that with Ovechkin. You could have done it with anybody else, but because he's a good old Canadian boy and he does all the good things, right. You know, da, da, da. but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, from the, you know, Connor McDavid, I mean, who else, who else is doing great out in the West? Well, I mean, taking a look at NHL.com at the, the point totals, there is nobody ahead of Connor McDavid in points. Uh, Johnny Goudreau from uh, Calgary is one behind him. So, yeah, so, so Connor, yeah, Connor McDavid is the leading point scorer in the Pacific. So between Johnny Hockey and Connor McDavid, you know, there, there's your two right there. I mean, for, for the Central, I think Subban's a solid pick. I like Subban. 
He's a he's an enigmatic guy. He's certainly at the forefront of of all of our hearts and minds right now, because he did another one of his awesome. I will disguise myself as a completely different person and go do fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about Sam Coast in there. I, I I realize that they're you know number one in the Atlantic and whatnot, but you know it's just. I don't know. I don't know if Stamkos is the face of the Atlantic. You know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just try to shoehorn Austin Matthews or something in there. You know, so yeah. Uh, captains wise, I'm I'm okay. I mean, like I said, they 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 took they took Ovechkin over over Crosby. That's that's funny. So that that's amusing to me. Yeah, I mean, I think I was looking, and the interesting thing is that if you look at points. There's a there's a bunch of people that in the uh, sorry there's a bunch of people in the metro that have more points than Ovechkin does. You got Claude Giroux, you got John Tavares, Josh Bailey, Voracek, Phil Kessel, and then you got Ovechkin. But Ovechkin is tied uh, for the the league lead in goals, so I think there's definitely you know some good uh, you know you know definitely like a good reason to pick him. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think in in the the only one I could I I would probably choose differently would be. Again, in the Atlantic, I would go with Kucherov. He has, uh, he's leading the league in goals along, like I said, with Ovechkin with 26. And he has 58 points, which is eight more than uh, Steven Stamkos. So, again, I'm not saying I think, like, oh, my God, Stamkos is a fraud. I can't believe they picked him. But, yeah. I, you know, I do think if I had, uh, you know, if I could change one thing, I think that would be it. Um, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, but, Jay, let's, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about these jerseys. <laughs> because uh, I I don't really care as much about jerseys as as you do, um, or as a, apparently a lot of hockey Twitter does. I mean, I every year when jerseys like this come out, I don't really care. I'm like, what, you know, it's for one game. Doesn't really matter to me. But um, <laughs> as somebody who does care about this, what did you think? What's your take on this? First of all. Hockey listeners, allow me to describe to you the facial expressions that glance <laughs> and grace Peter's face just now. It was like, it, like you, it was like a dad being forced to talk about every time he had to go into school because his kid kept spitting on another kid. Just like hand on the forehead, like yeah, he did it again, and I've been trying to tell him not to do it, and I just don't care anymore. Um, that's fun. But anyways, yes, as the uh, resident uh, Jersey fiend, um, I think these are pretty close to being actually good to in terms of one-offs for, for an All-Star game. I mean, it's kind of interesting to look back across the, the designs uh, across the spectrum of, of the NHL and see the parts where they peaked and the other areas where they could excel at and... I don't know some of the some of the like the the classic Wales and Campbell jerseys from the mid eighties. Um, I I really like those. I mean, it's really tough to do something with with black and silver every time. That's why I miss the shield being black and orange because at least you have a little bit of flair for it. But if you were doing that now, it'd basically be like, oh, everybody's a Ducks fan. The league is a Duck fan. You know, da da da. But I, I'm I'm actually pretty okay with these. I actually like. Again, the color schemes I'm okay with. It's just about how they're laid out, um, and and it's a little weird to, you know, be all that mad about it because, like you said, it's one game, and uh, there's no reason to even be like that mad about it in the first place. But I will say that in in terms of what this year has to offer, especially since it's now you know the Adidas has taken over and everything, I 
I am, I am, uh, even JJ and I were, I, I kind of had to tweet at him, we're like, hey, I am Jersey Spartacus. I like these two. I, I like the, just the way the, the colors are laid out on the sleeves and just the, the, the thing that annoyed me most with these jerseys, jerseys being like on the whole for, for all-star things is that recently they kind of got away from having solid torso colors, like too many bands and too many stripes and random ass places. So it's really nice for them to kind of go with a very simple look here. I think the Atlantic one looks the coolest just because blue, silver, and, and yellow is, 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 you know, I, I think it looks pretty clean. Um, I think the, the Pacific Division one and the Central Division one kind of harkens back to those Wales and Campbell confidence uh, ones that I was talking about um, from the 80s. And then, I mean, the Metro, I think, is just kind of a phone-in. You know, it's just silver gray yellow and black it's just it it just it it's in the words of andy dwyer it's it's just not good <laughs> yeah i think so i think the metro one is is definitely the worst i think the the gray and the yellow do not go together for me um yeah. i do I, I i think i like the atlantic the best just because i really like like i like that color blue normally and I think the blue and the yellow make sense there. Um, I'm not really sure what they're doing with whatever it looks like, maybe like grayish or something on the sleeves. I'm not really yeah. sure what they're doing there. I think the, the 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 main color choice is okay. The the ones out west I think are, are better. Uh, I think they're both better definitely than the Metro one. And, you know, I, I kind of like how they are not exactly, but they're kind of close to reverse, you know, um, you know, they both have the orange, you know, one's black, one's white, but they both have the orange, you know, the same color orange. So they're not like a reverse image of each other, but you know, they're, they're, they're definitely connected to each other. I think they yeah. worked, I think they work together better as a pair than the Atlantic and the Metro do. And again, it's because of that gray. Like, I think if you make that gray white, I think it would probably look a lot better. Yeah. Um, but or think, red, right? Like, isn't like it's the Metro, right? So that's what you've got. Yeah. You've got the capitals. They're red. You've got the, the. You know, are, are the hurricanes in that division? Either way, you have mm. options. You have options for red. Now, and, now here, and here's the thing that I think is strange is as, as long as they're doing it the same way that they've done before, there would be a chance that the Pacific and the Metro can play in the final. Right. So yeah. you're going to have white versus gray. That's going to be really hard to tell the difference. That's going to be like on an NHL 18 where um, the guy hits select before you can change your uniform. And yep. you're both playing with the home, you know, or you're both playing with the away whites or the, the home and it's yep. the same color. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we, we, we still got time. We could talk more about the actual all-star game uh, on the next episode because we'll still have time before, uh, before yeah. it happens. Hey, it's Peter. Just real quick before we play you this interview with uh, Steph Driver, uh, we had some tef- technical difficulties uh, with Skype, and the interview came out fine. Uh, I was able to go through and edit it uh, from the individual audio files, but there were some times where Steph would be talking and Jay and I wouldn't be able to hear her for a while, and then the audio would kind of catch up. So um, there's a couple times in there where it sounds like Jay and I should be either reacting or like she's kind of waiting for us to say something. Um, it's only a couple times, but just in case if you hear that, we are not being rude. Uh, we were just waiting to hear what she had to say. So um, hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. And here's the interview with Steph. Steph. 
Joining us today is Steph Driver. She is the site manager for Broad Street Hockey. She's also the exec- executive producer and host of Broad Street Hockey Radio and Yell About Sports. Um, and you can find her on Twitter at StephaliciousD if you want a taste of what she's got. So, Steph, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming. I'm fantastic. How you doing? Okay, I'm, I'm doing great. So we're going to start off with uh, with just some basic fire stuff. Um, so I know this might be hard to answer in such a short period of time uh, as, as a half hour, but um, <laughs> what's going on in Flyerland? How are the fans feeling? Uh, it's probably a dangerous question to ask. <laughs> Yeah, because there's really there's not really one answer. So this team is so wildly inconsistent. Everyone's feeling really, really good right now because they just crushed the Blues yesterday. Um, but then they'll probably lose to Buffalo this afternoon because it, it's it, there's no rhyme or reason. You don't know which Flyers team you're going to get. Um, Brian Elliott is going on 17 straight starts. Um and management is making really questionable decisions that are working right now. And, and it's it's just so confusing. I don't understand what this team is doing and how they're doing it. But right now, this second, it's okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I Okay, so I – well, it's, it's, it's always tough to try and, you know, encapsulate. I mean – I, at this point, I think it'd be really neat if we could run down all 30 teams and then just like summarize what's going on with a GIF. I think what is the Red, the Red Wings? It's like, yeah, it's a truck. It's on fire, but it's a moving truck. <laughs> um, so, so, so that's fun. Um, so it, I wanted to talk about your, um, your ability to have every Shen on the planet. Can you speak a little bit about the cloning farm that you guys use to manufacture Braden Shens at, at above above rate i mean like the the mark the, the shen market is like highly saturated right now so i think you've done a good job like not producing them but could you have more shens are you planning on having more shen i want all of the shens every single one of them and they all have to be on the team at the same time you can't you can't just go trading one of them and then expect the other one to be okay you've got to get rid of both or, or keep them that's just how it goes um, Braden, so we played Braden Shen, um, yesterday. So that was, uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, and it, it was, they were saying on the broadcast, it was like having a boy, a boy band back in town. Like it, it because everybody loves this guy and, and the love for Luke Shen wasn't quite as strong as it was for Braden, probably because we didn't have Luke as long and we traded JBR for him. So that had a that came with a lot of really negative feelings towards Luke Shen but Braden Shen really had the start to his career here even though we got him from LA he was basically he was pretty much a flyer forever as as far as we were concerned um and and I've never met I've never seen a player that elicits such an emotional response from everybody so it's either you love the guy or you hate the guy but then you have to justify why and it was it was crazy seeing that yesterday because he's not on the team anymore. He's with St. Louis. <laughs> However, there are still people screaming about how inconsistent he is and how he doesn't produce and how he's only getting points because of Tarasenko and Schwartz and now Schwartz isn't around. 
so he's he's just flailing and it's it's just it's crazy to me how people can look at a, a solid 50 plus point per year player and just say that he he doesn't produce well i mean fans are pretty good at justifying their uh their predetermined uh opinions with whatever facts are available yeah, even if they're just made yeah. up so speaking of that the last the last few episodes jay and i have uh, spent probably a good total of maybe at least a half hour um, talking about the Department of Player Safety. So b- because I don't want to do another segment on you know the rest of our podcast, uh, since you have a little bit of experience with a certain player, I'm just going to ask you. Um, so why, why is Ronaldo? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, but so, so the, the easy answer is Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette lost his mind. <laughs> Um, and that's why the league has a Zach Ronaldo. That, that's Peter Laviolette decided during the playoffs that that was a good time to have Ronaldo have his NHL debut, and now the Flyers are responsible for this entity. I, mean, I don't even know if I could call him a player. It's and and we've done as Flyers fans, we've we've run the entire range of opinions and emotions about Zach Ronaldo from this guy doesn't belong in the league get rid of him to well he's turning around and maybe he can be an effective player and at this point it's been so many years he's been suspended so many times there have been so many incidents that it's time it's time he brings nothing to the table and and, and it's time that the league recognizes that and that uh GMs start recognizing that yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I agree. And I mean, I try not to speak for Jay, but, you know, based on our, our hours of talk about this, I think he agrees as well. Um, so I, I wanted to tie it back to the Flyers because obviously Ronaldo is not currently a Flyer. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that with the history of the Flyers, you know, the Broad Street bullies and, and you know, having kind of that, that um, you know, kind of mindset around the team back in the day, do you think that makes it harder for people like you as Flyers fans today to try to maybe shake some of the old school mindset? Yes. Oh my God, yes. And and right now the team isn't doing us any favors. So just this past week, they called up a 2012 third round pick who he himself said he played like Zach Ronaldo. Um, they, they decided that it was time to call him up to the NHL. So he spent, his name is Tyrell Goldborn. He spent the majority of last season with the Reading Royals in the ECHL. Um, And this was a good time to insert some energy and some grit and some toughness into the lineup. And he had his NHL debut yesterday. Um, On his first shift, he laid a big hit and Scott Lawton scored a goal because of the hit that Goldborn laid down. So he's just not going to come out of our lineup for the next four years. (laughs) (laughs) This is just how it goes now. Yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy when your team and, and the Flyers this year have been. They've just they've lacked a lot of fight back, and they've lacked um, really any type of toughness. Which is okay when you're a highly skilled team and you don't really need to to fight the battles. But they are not that either. So. It's really hard when you're known as the Broad Street Bullies to quiet the very, very loud section of fans who are screaming for fights and who are saying that they need to bring up 
a goon and they and they say that affectionately like it's time for our goon um you know i i don't know what jay rose hill is up to these days i actually do so that's i shouldn't i shouldn't say <laughs> that I, I know that jay rose hill is playing over in europe um but he might end up in orange and black again because it, it it's i don't know what management is doing but it worked yesterday so they're just going to keep doing it until it doesn't and then they're going to keep doing it for another year and a half well it's nice that uh if if goldborn is going to be this uh um uh, beast for the broad street um i will take credit for already coming up with his nickname a goonborn is that is that i'm into it okay cool um so (laughs) speaking speaking of uh cool last names that start with the letter g uh what do I got to do to get Ghost Bear from you? What's the what's the what's the asking price on 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 your buddy Gustus be here? Oh well, right now I am actively wearing this is a Gustus Bear shirt, <laughs> so you're gonna have to kill me. Sorry, <laughs> over my dead body. <laughs> well, I, again, I I knew the price was steep, but I think I think <laughs> I think with further talks, you know maybe. You know, we'll just table stuff for now, and then you know, after the all, all right, after all right. the All Star break, we'll regroup and and see what's what. Um. Yeah, I I love I love Shane Goss's bear on on multiple different fronts. So just the the player, obviously, um, but then also on on a personal level, like I know him and his family. They're all the the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Like just the nicest people. Um, and then he's got the Ghost Bear Foundation, which helps underprivileged kids and then also because he isn't perfect enough helps rescue and and support um animals so the the animal shelters in philadelphia so uh as a player though he is everything that i've needed him to be and more um and i don't think that dave haxtall who's our coach um really appreciates his skill set even though this year is is not going as poorly as last year did in terms of their relationship um ghost hasn't been scratched at all this season which is good um there is another rookie defenseman that they are scratching for being skilled but that's you know that's another conversation but no uh ghost is is having a a really strong if you could call it a bounce back season i would um but that's I think that's underestimating how good he was last season. This is kind of a random observation, but like I'm I'm glad that we can first of all have this conversation today because at first because it actually grounds me back in the year twenty seventeen because there are these random moments where I look at the Flyers team and I see players with names that resemble previous players and I forget what year it is routinely. Like, oh yeah, they're they're goalie Lawton. You mean Layton? Oh they're <laughs> You know their, you know their goalie Hextall. No, that's their coach Hextall. Like, I, I, oh, well, Hextall's <laughs> our GM, so it's close enough. Well, yeah, yeah, coach GM. It's it's whatever. It's it's here or there. Um, I, I'm pretty convinced that Ron Hextall was like, I just need to find someone whose name is most similar to mine <laughs> and kind of looks like me, and that's going to be our coach. Yeah, it's, I think it's. it's oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's 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 going to be the my cousin Vinny defense. It's not Joey Gallo. It's Joey Callow. It's not Ron Hextall. It's Ron Hackstall. And then just just the well, entire it's... news media is going to be like, who do we pin this on? Just 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 put it there. Just put it on. Put it on the Hex one. We'll see what happens. 
Well, it's really easy for you guys when your roster has been the same for the past 10 years. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, man. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> my team is really bad. Jokes are all I have. No, it's okay because um, I, I was to trying to think, with what you have. <laughs> I was trying to think of a question for this, but I'm just going to kind of make it as an observation before I jump into a question. <laughs> um, I was looking at the the standings, and I find it interesting that the entire Metro Division is ahead of all but three teams in the Atlantic. <laughs> Um, so, so that's cool. Uh, I was trying to think of a question. Yeah, it's hell on earth. <laughs> I don't really have a question for that, but, um, I guess I wanted to, I wanted to take a look into uh, the mailbag that we have. Um, we had a question from Rarpar and there's two, there's two questions. The first one's kind of a, kind of a joke, I think. Um, but you know, how can we buy the flyers luck and secure a top three overall <laughs> pick? Uh, but then the other one is, uh, do you think that Nolan Patrick needed more time at a lower level or is he not getting enough ice time? How do you think he's adapting to the NHL? Mm, that's a great question. I, I can talk about Nolan Patrick sure. all day. Um, but I mean, the first part is, I don't know who did the voodoo magic <laughs> for Philadelphia to to get the, the number two overall pick. I have no idea how that happened and, and whose soul was sold other than all of ours. <laughs> um, so, so I'm not really expecting much from the next probably five years in terms of luck for this team. So if you <laughs> want it, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. So Nolan Patrick is, is kind of dividing the fan base right now because there's half that says he's underperforming um, and should go back to juniors. And there's another half that says, no, he's fine where he is. Just let him, let him find his game. And I'm in the, the latter half. Um, so he's coming off two sports hernia surgeries um, and went through most of last year with the second sports hernia undiagnosed. Um, you know, this we did know before. So Ron Hextall did know before he drafted him that he was going to need another sports hernia surgery. But we didn't as fans. So I think that immediately after he was drafted and it was announced that he was going in for the surgery, um, people started to get really iffy and started to question this pick right from the get-go. Um, calling him injury prone and, and the whole thing when really it was the the lack of <laughs> I've, I've got a lot to say about the Brandon Wheat Kings medical staff for not picking this up but let's just say it was it was undiagnosed um, so he had the surgery right before the season started and he missed a, a good amount of training camp he missed rookie camp completely um, so he his conditioning wasn't it was he just wasn't a game speed um he came in preseason was flying all over the place he had a, a decent start to the season and then he got a concussion and missed missed a handful of games after that and and when he came back he just wasn't quite the same um he's been he's been slow he doesn't have a whole lot of points in general even with missing, um, I don't remember exactly how many games it was, but it was a significant amount of games. Um, he's, he's just really not living up to what people believe the number two overall pick should look like in their first year in the NHL. 
Now, I I personally think we'll see the real Nolan Patrick next year. Um, I, I think that, if anything, he came back from the surgery too fast. I think that he's he's still trying to get his legs under him. I know that we're in January now, so the season's half over. But I think that I think that it's it's been a conditioning thing, um, and I think that next year, next year will be a better indicator of what type of talent we have there. I, you know, everybody develops at their own pace. I would never send him down to Brandon, if for no other reason than I don't trust their trainers and their medical staff. Um, I think that he needs to be in the NHL with NHL trainers. But he needs to play. Like he, that's that's what Nolan Patrick needs more than anything else. Is he needs to play. If he were AHL eligible, I, I'd be pretty content with him in the AHL. But you know, that stupid age rule where they can't they can't play if they're under twenty um, is what's holding him back. He just needs to play. And, and bringing it full circle, Dave Haxtall is an idiot who only plays him seven <laughs> minutes a night with. Just, terrible line mates it's actually it's gotten better in the last week but he's been playing with with Dale Weiss and um on his other wing it's been a, a mix of um Wayne Simmons and Travis Konechny so it's been okay but uh, recently he's been playing with Raffle and Voracek I would have liked for them to get a longer look but he, he'll be fine he'll be fine probably next year I mean you clearly need more shens that's what we need. Well, yes and no. <laughs> so the, Shen Shen is having the success that he's having in St. Louis right now because he's playing center, and I don't want Nolan Patrick at wing. And so I need him. I need him. I need him at, at center. But maybe if Nolan Patrick was three C and Braden Shen was two C and Sean Couturier was one C, like I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> that, that'd be a good team for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's. I'm glad you're shedding light on this because I'm trying to. Pete, you know, feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's refreshing to hear the insight from a team that drafts a high player and does this weird thing called play them in the NHL very soon. Because, <laughs> you know, I've been dealing with uh, a, a system that's like, hey, we drafted this guy, might see him in four years. So it's it's kind of nice to try and see that like oh it's just be you know that it's not one way is very struggling and then you know another another way it's like yeah yeah we drafted him high but like here are the perils or the you know the challenges as well with playing him so early um, I mean I'm I may we have a lot of that too don't don't yeah. worry it's not just you guys. <laughs> well yeah but just in terms of like you actually getting like this this top three pick I mean I'm yeah. I'm firmly in the camp that. Like, I understand, like, if you're drafting, you know, pick 20 and up, yes, of course, these are guys that need work. But, like, I feel like if you're getting a pick that's in the top 10, or at least, let's just be, for the sake of argument, top five, like, if you're looking for immediate impact, if you're looking for a spark, because I feel like right now a lot of the creativity is being coached out of a lot of the players and they're being fed a, a system that doesn't play well to their strengths because, you know, teams are just so concerned about either falling behind too early da, da, da. so like i feel like with with patrick i i'm 100 with you like if he's up play him right like just mm-hmm. like there's no reason like he's not making you any more fan points just by sitting there like the whole reason you got him is because you wanted another exciting or impact player and if he's not going to play then 
you know, obviously he's then taking up someone else's spot who actually does want to play. So it's 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 nice to see that you know you these problems of oh yeah we put guys in a Grand Rapids oven for five years and then hopefully there's a souffle that's perfectly baked at the end and then oh look it collapsed two years ago but we didn't look in the oven <laughs> so you know it's it's a little tough there. Um, I think I so saw that episode ne- of MasterChef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, <laughs> the guy uh, the guy lifted the. Uh, the, the secret ingredient thing is like, today's secret ingredient is qualifying offer. <laughs> right? So, um, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, Steph, um, I will proudly wave uh, the flag of being the, uh, the Jersey nut in this wonderful podcast called For Sure. And um, I wanted to firstly say, and, that, and this is in every way meant to build points with you because I actually prefer you over the other team that happens to live in the same state. Um, mm-hmm. Well, good, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of our mailbag questions uh, is actually really one of the most complicated we've received. It's, uh, do you think the Flyers have the best jersey in hockey? Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, and, and I'm going to say that about the current Jersey, the alternate that we had for the winter classic, Jesus, like five years ago. Um, I don't, I was actually looking around my room when you mentioned it. I thought I had it in front of me, (laughs) but I don't. Um, that was probably the best Jersey that the Flyers have ever had. And if you want to put that in a hall of fame, like I'd probably put it top five. Um, best jersey in hockey right now. Um, God, I you know who I love? I love the Avalanche jerseys. Is that weird? Well, like so. you mean the the one with the is it the C or or just like what they look like just currently? Oh no, the one with the C. Oh yeah, I should probably do current right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. And and as a Wings fan, I know I might and will grab some guff for it. I will admit that their look has improved over the years. I mean, may that team burn on the mountainside forever and ever and amen. But it is nice that they can look good while being a, a hated team. That that And that actually almost gives that rivalry a little bit more. I, I know it's a joke to call it a rivalry still because it's been 10 years, but it's whatever. Um, it is nice to look sharp while being a, a hated rival. You know, like if you're going to – if you're going to play them, be like, ooh, I hate these guys. Oh, wait a minute. They got a new suit. Screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's nice. Um, I, I will admit, I, I think you're – See, and this is where I like to split hairs with this type of thing because I think the Flyers logo is among the – is consistently among the sharpest, but I, I do share a, a bit of your frustration with what they partner it with because I think there was that mm-hmm. one year – a while back where it was like three different kinds they pushed out and it's like okay are we including the color black we're not okay <laughs> we're going back to just white and orange oh okay we're having black again okay and around the neck what is happening here all right just just go, just go back go back to the 70s go back to the 70s please oh um <laughs> sorry i i never know when jay's going to stop 
What was that? I never know when Jay's going to stop ranting about jerseys. <laughs> so, so that's why there's a little bit of a project. Because I wasn't sure if he was done. Um, but I wanted to ask you uh, about one of the players wearing the jerseys. Oh, take that. Take that, John Keating, with, my, with your transitions. Um, Claude Giroux is over a point a game. He has 51 points in 41 games played. I remember, um, I know one of the rules of fantasy hockey is nobody gives a crap about your fantasy hockey team. But I did have him a few years ago. Oh, my God. Everybody cares about my fantasy <laughs> hockey team. Can we do this for the next hour? Okay, we're going to extend this for a half hour, another half hour. So right, perfect. You're on with uh, Fantasy Hockey with Steph. No, but um, so I, I had him on my team, I don't know, a few years back. And then eventually I, I traded him because I thought I was like, okay, it looks like, I don't know, whatever, like the bloom is off the rose, like he's on the downward slope. And so what has happened uh, you know, either that he's done or that the team has done. Um, like, why is he why is he producing so well this year when he's had some trouble recently? They moved him to wing. Oh, okay. Is really what it was, um, and, and it's been it's been an amazing experiment. Probably one of the only three things that Dave Haxtall has done well is to move Giroux to wing and have Couturier as the one C. Um, turns out that the winger that Giroux has needed for his entire career was actually Claude Giroux. Oh my God. So it's it's <laughs> it's been a it, it's been a delight to watch, and um, everybody here was really really down on Claude Giroux coming out of last year that he needed he needed half the season to recover from he had he had hip and abdominal surgery in the same off season and, and it took a while for him to come back to full strength last season. But then we started to see we started to see a lot of improvement and results out of him in the second half, but at that point the season was already lost because they're just not a good team. Um and this year it's it, it's just been a, a breath of fresh air. Everyone was saying that he's he's on the decline and he's he's not going to produce and we need to trade him. The, the trade, do you guys have the same trade the superstars conversation every single day for the last entire lifetime? Um, that and should the Red Wings fire Ken Holland and should the Red Wings fire Jeff Blaschel? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Pretty wait, much wait, our entire wait. mailbag for Wim Radio. Wait, wait okay, just a good. second. We have superstars? Well, I mean, do we? <laughs> I think we're getting a little too generous with the use of superstars. I think the last true superstar we had was maybe Hosa, just because like that was like he's the he's our most recent 40 goal scorer and he was absolutely dynamite in the shootout even though I hate the shootout forever. So yeah, that's funny. All right, sorry. I, I just no, that's fine. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't call Giroux a superstar, but he's as close as we're going to get in Philadelphia right now on the hockey team. Um, but it's it's just constant calls for him to get traded, and that's it's slowed down a little bit because he's one of the only people scoring goals, <laughs> and it's it's really awesome to see, and it's allowed for the offensive emergence of Sean Couturier, which many of us had given up on expecting from him. So he's always been, he, he just turned 25 too. So he's always been a really, really strong defensive forward, really strong at driving play um, and, and shutting down top lines of the opposing team. But the offense was never there. He had never scored. He had never scored 
I think it was above 40 points in his career. Um, he hit that yesterday. And it was the halfway point through the season. So moving him up to 1C and, and watching him produce and seeing Claude Giroux really just become rejuvenated in his career has been once again one of the only good things to come out of this season so see there you go so uh Claude Giroux he looked down at the sand and he saw zero sets of footprints because he was carrying himself Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh you guys are are pulling a lot of positivity out of me it's uncomfortable (laughs) okay there you go we we should have weekly conversations and that way you'll you'll stay motivated stay positive yeah well, it's it's funny you mention that stuff because this uh, our our last question here. I wanted to lead in with your. It's actually our new segment on on our interviews with important hockey people. It's we have to read what their pinned tweet is, and so oh good. And so, and so speaking of positivity, uh, let's let's go to the board, folks. So uh, when you visit Steph Driver's page, you will see oh so ceremoniously displayed for all to see, just in case you didn't know what you're getting yourself into. Put this on my grave. All right, and it's a and it's a photo, and it says very very simply, being a Philadelphia sports fan is a singular experience that brings together disappointment, despair, and desperation. So um, now that we've evened the scales in terms of uh, positive versus negative, um, this actually is a lead into our our perennial JJ question, which is. Do you still like hockey in light of the fact that you now cover it for mostly now important job-like real reasons? Because I've, we've, we've talked to people who are like, yeah, you know, I, I really liked hockey. And then I started to learn about it and I want to gouge my eyes out with a stick. But for the most part, everybody's like, it's a new appreciation, but we always still like to ask it and not just assume everybody's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I like hockey. And then after covering hockey, I like it even more. So... <laughs> I put it to you. And you have to answer just like that in that tone of voice. I don't know if I can. I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I'm creatively adept enough to do that. Um, I have a really complicated relationship with hockey. Um, I, I do. I still, I love the game. I love the game and I love watching. I love watching hockey that does not include the flyers. Um, so I've got a, I've got a complicated relationship with the Flyers in that I hate them and I hate that I love them. Um, and I hate everything that they're doing. And I also hate that I can't stop. (laughs) I just can't, I just can't stop following them and I can't, I just can't stop. I can't, I couldn't stop covering them if I wanted to like, the, the whole, my pinned tweet, we can go back to that, put that on my grave. From the grave, I will be tweeting about the Philadelphia Flyers. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't stop. It, it's just, it's become, it's become a part of me. And I, I, I love hockey. I hate love the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there you, there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
listeners, <laughs> boys and girls. Um, Seth Driver is was our guest today. She loves hockey and hate loves the, the Flyers. So <laughs> <laughs> hard to top that. Um, so so uh, like I said before, you can find her on Twitter at StephFeliciousD. Um, so thank you so much for coming on, Steph. We really appreciate it. I had so much fun. Thank you, guys. So following a fantastic interview with uh, Steph Driver, I wanted to bring up uh, another uh, news of note. Um, so, uh, Pete, did you see that there are Olympics this year? It's it's kind of it's kind of neat, huh? Yeah, like, you I know, heard about like that. Teams playing for their countries and and, and all that stuff. Um, obviously, the 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 big news about this time is that the uh, National Hockey League will not be in attendance for these. Uh, for these uh, games, and um, it's uh, I'm I'm stating I'm planting my flag firmly that I'm actually pretty okay with it. Uh, yes, I, I uh, first of all, big shout out to to Craig Custance and company for you know uh, mock drafting what Team Canada and Team Sweden and Team USA might have looked like had they gone there. And I think it is safe to say that there is a fantastic crop of national talent that could have led to some pretty all star teams. But you know what? We've had that the last, like, 15 years, Pete. Like, we've had really, really awesome teams. And, yes, they've gone on to win gold. And, yes, they've gone on to, to medal and all this stuff. But from an American perspective, what? We, we silvered in 2002. And we have done very little since with really awesome talent. So I don't mean to go all Herb Brooksian, but I don't think they have enough talent to win on talent alone. And that's just you're, you're putting a whole – group of superstars together and expecting them to suddenly work together it's i don't know it's a little rough so pete what are your thoughts on you know the teams that are going to be representing these countries are going to have zero nhlers on them yeah i mean i'm i'm kind of two minds and you know i don't want to i don't want to just repeat what you said but it's basically the the same thing that it's always fun to watch you know the best players you know, playing uh, for your country, you know, it's always interesting to have, you know, the best, the best players that your country could have. But at the same time, I mean, there is, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, the way it used to be, you know, when you had, you know, the 1980 U.S. Olympic team, you know, which featured some players that would go on to play in the NHL. Um, and, 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 and that was a little bit different too, because then you had, you know, the Soviet team, you know, had players that nowadays would have been in the NHL, you know, like they had their top team and we had, you know, a bunch of college guys. So now it's a little bit, um, the playing field has been evened a little bit. You still have, I think, you know, the, the, the U S team is definitely still going to be at a disadvantage, uh, considering that you have, you know, the, some of the other leagues like the KHL, you know, players are going to be able to go. Um, I think, one thing that I think is interesting, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the rosters, and there is a player from my hometown who is going to be representing the United States, and I think that's pretty cool. It's uh, if anybody cares, it's Mark Arcabello. He uh, he plays for Yale or played for Yale. Oh, actually, yeah, he played for Yale because he's he's currently with SC Burn. Um, and yeah, so I mean that's kind of cool, you know. So I got somebody from my hometown. I get to root them on. You know, hopefully they could uh, you know they could bring home bring home a medal and uh yeah i guess we'll go from there we'll see what happens yeah I, again it's 
it's always folly to just assume that, you know, hey, it was superpowers and great hockey talent, da, 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 that means they're going to automatically medal. I mean, I'm still waiting for the one year where, like, Japan just, like, comes out of nowhere and just, like, sweeps everything. Like, they just, they go undefeated because, like, it's going to happen, Pete. That, that The law of averages dictates that at least at one point some random-ass team is going to be shot from the woodwork to take everybody by surprise we need a cool runnings, right? Mm-hmm. We need a we need somebody to, to to shake things up. So, and I think again, the last time I saw that kind of happen was the year that um, I don't know if maybe it wasn't. I think it was '06 in in Torino where um, where the the Swiss had uh, Matt Zuccarello and the Rangers signed him before the tournament was even <laughs> was even done. Like they already offered him a contract and stuff, and so he's still playing today. So. You know, that's that's kind of the neat thing about what this tournament can offer as well is you have more of an opportunity to see players to play for their country and then, uh, you know, potentially uh, catch the eye of, of a GM here or there and, and maybe bring some of that unpredictable and explosive talent to to your local team. So, yeah, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Team USA has a lot of players like that, but there are certainly a lot of players out there both on USA and other teams abroad where I'm excited to, to see what they bring. And, um, you know, again, the time change is probably going to kill me, but you know, Hey, we're hockey fans. We're tough. We can stay up till hours and, and, and watch and watch this stuff. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you said you're waiting for Japan. I am, I am waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for Iceland to live up to the promise that they showed in the junior goodwill games. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been like, man, one of these years, Iceland is going to come out of nowhere. I mean, they, they just have so much talent. But um, OJ, so instead of winning it, instead of winning it for their coach, they had to win it for themselves. I think that's <laughs> I think they're still bent on winning it for winning it for not themselves. So, so Jay, you wanted to uh, you wanted to take a moment to talk about um, a, a new Olympic <laughs> logo. Why yes, I did, Peter. It's it's it's. I'm glad you brought that up, folks. Um, as a graphic designer myself, I have been saddled many a time with working with clients who want something so bad, so ugly simple that at the end of the day, yes, I'm paid to do a service, but that, but at what cost, Peter? At what cost? So for those of you out there who aren't in the know, uh, Russia was slammed with sanctions and and uh, other punishments regarding this year's Olympics uh, in, in terms of their uh, doping scandal. It's a long history of ridiculousness, Peter. I'm sure we could record a completely separate podcast about just how ridiculous <laughs> that scandal is, but... Let's just skip to the end part where it's Russia is basically very minimally being represented in terms of look and style and and presence at the Olympics. I mean, Olymp- uh, Russian players will still be there, but they have to wear, Peter, they have <laughs> to wear this logo. Oh, my God. Like, I, have, I am quite certain that if someone wanted to they could make this logo be just a default logo it's the most default logo in the history of sports it, it uh, like 
I don't know to to call it one of the logos you can pick in like a sports franchise video game is an insult to all of the other generic logos that, that exist for you to pick from. So Pete, I'm I'm bursting at the seams with frustration. So I need you to describe this so I don't scream for the next ten minutes. Okay. So first of all, I think I think I'm going to make this the uh, the cover image of the podcast uh if you go to the winging at motown site uh it's <laughs> just so, just so that's the easiest way you can do it but if you if you google um the easiest way to get this to come up is if you google olympic athlete from russia logo and you, if you do that you have put nearly as much work into it as the designer of the logo did because basically what they've done is they've opened up <laughs> I don't even want to say Photoshop. I don't know. Is there something before MS Paint? Is there something more? I mean, is there like a like a Minecraft version? Like maybe they opened up Minesweeper and used that to spell this out. I don't know exactly what they did. But it is basically a white circle with Olympic athlete from Russia in red capital letters all the way around the outside of the circle. Like it is a circle of letters and it's hard to read i mean like the 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 words are close together so it's kind of hard to tell where one word ends and the other begins so it's it's kind of the oribus of logos which is the the snake <laughs> the snake eating its own tail of logos because depending on where you start i mean it's like from russia olympic athlete russia olympic athlete from you know, and then you could even start combining, you know, words. And I mean, the, the way it's written, it, it'd be kind of hard for me to do that on the fly. But <sighs> I mean, it's ludicrous, Pete. You know what I just like, thought of? I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to Photoshop um, this into the Olympic logo as the red ring. Like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to fo- take out the red ring and then put this in as the as the red ring. I'm gonna have to do that after I finish editing the podcast, or maybe maybe we're just gonna stop and I'm gonna do it now. But so to be honest, like no matter what, we have gotten some great joy out of the Olympics already before the opening ceremonies, before it's even started, uh, before with the the strange interpretive dance uh, routines that you will definitely have. We have gotten some joy from the pure horrificness, the, the, the pure abominable nature of this logo. <laughs> yeah, before, before the puck is even dropped, we have joy. So, and, and what's funny, Pete, is this is now, now that I'm thinking about it, the Olympic Committee is just so savage in making them wear this. This is basically, I think, the first international dunce cap to have a <laughs> to have a country wear. Like, yeah, you get to skate, but you got to wear this funny bib the whole time. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that there isn't like a large syringe in the middle. <laughs> you know, like like a syringe and like a like a bottle of pills. Well, yeah, it's it's basically those photos that people do with their pets of like I. I'm the dog. I tore up the couch today and I am just a bad boy. <laughs> like that's basically what this logo is meant for. Yeah. For Russia. So or I like, mean, like another thing is it could say in the middle, you know what you did. <laughs> we were just, uh, I'm from Russia and I know what I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. oh man. So, so like I said, that, yeah, I, I, as long as I can make it work, I'm going to put it as the, uh, the logo of this podcast. But if you, um, if you can't see it for whatever reason, then go on, uh, go on the internet. You can find it pretty easily. 
Um, so before we close out this episode of For Sure, we have one last segment. So this is a fan favorite from a couple episodes ago. We're bringing it back. This is called Cross Checks. Let's do it. As you can see, we spent a lot of money and we have a new uh, a new opening stinger for it. <laughs> All right. So, Jay, pulling on beards in a fight. Don't grow them. Peter, not allowing fans to see vote totals for the All-Star captains. Dumb. Jay, Vegas is still a good team. Why? Pete, Sweden's captain throwing the silver medal into the crowd at the World Juniors. Could not care less. Yeah, I mean, you, you cannot care. I mean, I, I care. I, I think this is a neat transformative moment for not only the player, but maybe for fans as a whole, because maybe it's time that we did get a little wise to, to the act of, hey, you're competing for something. And, you know, that it, it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite Seinfeld jokes about the gold, silver, and bronze scheme which is it's like gold you win yeah we're number one bronze eh, at least you got something but silver is like the ultimate insult congratulations you're the number one loser no one lost ahead of you (laughs) and you're the last team to lose (laughs) (laughs) and that's basically what that represents i mean it's 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 so tough to be in that. Yes, at the end of the day, it's still a great honor. You played your heart out. You got to the championship game, da, da, da. But from a competitor, from a hardcore competitive standpoint, I totally see where, uh, where the Swede captain is coming from. You put all that effort in, and then you basically get like a part. It's like the most famous participation trophy, right? Like you'd like to think that maybe bronze is that, but no. Bronze is like the, hey, man, like we're on the up and up. Gold, you're at the top of your game. Silver, it's like, ah, you did some things right. Ah, you did some things wrong. And that's it. It's not like giving you any encouragement either way. It's like either suck more or be better. That's exactly what the silver medal represents. So I'm actually totally cool with it. I I, I think it's neat. I think it – I'd like to think that it's a neat fire-up moment. I mean, it would be cooler if the entire team did it and then all of a sudden – all of Team Sweden is being arrested for for assault and battery because they're just chucking all these silver medals at unsuspecting fans. <laughs> um, so so that that would be actually kind of neat. You know, we've seen all those times where they do the teddy bear toss thing. Like ah, who you know, like I'd love to be able to to, to bounce my my, my great grandchildren on my name. Like hey, remember back in 2018 at the World Juniors? Oh yes, yes, we saw eight. <laughs> We saw 18 <laughs> silver medals flung into the crowd. A lot of people died. It was great. I think for me, like I said, I, I don't really care about the actual event of it. Like, I don't really care that it happened. Uh, like, it doesn't really make me think one way or the other about this player or anything like that. But what I find interesting is the, is the response. I think the response is far more interesting than everything else. Because, <laughs> I mean, you have... Just number one, just like complete rank hypocrisy. You have all these people that are talking about how, you know, millennials always get participation trophies. And then you have a young kid who's not even a millennial. He's like, whatever the next thing is. Yeah. (laughs) Saying, I don't care about this participation trophy. And they're like, bad. You're bad. It's like, 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 what do you, what do you want him to do? Like, 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 like pick a side. Um, 
And the other thing too is is the people who are saying like I don't want him on my team. I don't want I don't want uh, a, a sore loser like that on my team. Like he's he's 19 years old. This is like the biggest game he's ever played in. It just ended and he lost and he's like he's not like in his right mind. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like like people just I I, I don't understand people getting, you know, judging this kid for oh I, like i don't want him on my team he's too soft he can't handle pressure he's like give him give him a break i mean you know you have you have many many in- instances of people losing a stanley cup overtime final game and openly weeping you know like they you know they they lost the cup and they're they're crying and like i mean what what are you what are you going to make fun of them too you know i mean like they're yeah. emotional like it's it's not like he came back the next day and it's like, you know, I've had some time to uh, sit and ponder what this medal means to me. And I've decided I'm going to throw it away. You know, it was like a rash, impulsive decision made by, a, a you know, yes, an adult. He's 19. But I mean, under tremendous pressure, you know, he has a lot of pressure on him from, you know, to win for his country. And like I said, I, I, I don't I don't I don't take anything from it. I don't think it says anything about him as a person, anything about him as a future, you know, potential NHL player. I think for me, that was the, the annoying thing wasn't that he did it. It was the reaction to it. That's yeah, that's fair. I mean, again, I, I am of the mind that I think it's a neat inter- interpretive way to be like, boys, silver's not good enough. Right. And I think that what? If he took the medal and then was standing there wearing it and then said that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure people would probably laud him as a better soundbite. But, like, I don't know. For me, like, if I was on the team and I saw my captain do that and uh, and doing it as a, a statement of, like, you know, maybe we've been maybe we've been settling for silver for too long. Right. Like, you know, if there's if there's a, a different way to go about it, then, yeah, of course there is. But I I'm. I don't know. I love that he did that. That's I, I think, but I don't know. I, that might be the old, the old time sports curmudgeon to me. That's like, yeah, don't take no guff and 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 whatnot. But like, you're right. I think people's reaction to it were far more ludicrous. I mean, yeah, we can argue whether or not you know it's a form of disrespect or whatnot. But like, listen, first of all, like, oh, I don't want him on my team. Like, well, well why not? Not every game has a silver medal for it. Like, oh, you're scared that every game he'd play, he'd find something to throw into the into the crowd because they didn't win. I mean, that's an awful, large, gargantuan stretch to make. Yeah. So it's people need to be better at interpret, interpreting it. And you know, if he, you know, if he comes out and says like, "Hey, I really just don't want a silver medal," and by giving it to somebody to signify, and it's super amazing that it was landed to the guy who was wearing three jerseys <laughs> you know like i like how we're so focused on oh he threw a silver medal and not the this guy was an equal opportunity bandwagoner yeah. he came prepared where are the think pieces on this guy <laughs> yeah he got a silver medal for not making a decision yeah. where's where's the uproar about that so i think again we're burying the lead. <laughs> That's all this is. And then I We're think so I think uh, I think Greg Wyshynski got mad at him on Twitter because he was also wearing a Flyers jersey. <laughs> Probably inside joke for people that follow Greg Wyshynski on hockey. Hey-o. Twitter. Yeah. 
All right, so that's another episode of For Sure. All we have left is for our last segment, as always, which is our Doc Emmerich word of the uh, bye week, I guess. <laughs> so, Jay, what do, you, what do you got for us this time? This one's short and sweet. We really chipped this one in here. It's the new mm-hmm. year. It's time to get time to get saucy. Time to get to get a little bit more uh, bangerang out of our out of our verbs here. So we and he chips it along. Hosa scores. <laughs> oh my, he's not even playing. Oh my. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening. It's our first show of the new year. We'll have hopefully 25 more of them for 2018. Uh, hopefully if the world doesn't end. So, <laughs> um, so thanks a lot. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at P Flynn hockey. You can follow Jay at the roar underscore 24, and you can follow our podcast at 200 foot pod. That's two zero zero F T P O D. Thanks a lot for listening and come back in two weeks. Please. For sure. 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 For sure.